Hello and welcome to episode 292 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Monday, September the 5th, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the very top of the show, I'd like to offer up the three Hail Marys in thanksgiving to the Blessed Mother and in honor of her immaculate purity because a great victory was won yesterday by the people of Chile. It's my understanding that over 62% of the country voted against the anti-God, anti-family constitutional proposal that the globalists were trying to ram down the throats of the people of Chile, but Chileans stood up and said, no, we are not going to take that. So the three Hail Marys in honor of the Blessed Mother, her immaculate purity, and in thanksgiving for the great victory for the family, and indeed the great victory for the Catholic Church in Chile. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. The following is from the second discourse on the Assumption of Mary. So, um, obviously, it's such an important topic that Uh, During his retreats and during the many um, writings that the great St. Alphonsus Liguri uh, put to paper, he talked about the Assumption of Our Lady at length. And um, the subheading here says, first, how glorious was the triumph of Mary when she ascended to heaven? Second, how exalted was the throne to which she was elevated in heaven? And once again, this is from the book, The Glories of Mary. St. Alphonsus begins by saying, It would seem right that on this day of the Assumption of Mary to heaven, the Holy Church should rather invite us to mourn than to rejoice, since our sweet mother has quitted this world and left us deprived of her sweet presence. As St. Bernard says, it seems that we should rather weep than rejoice. But no, the Holy Church invites us to rejoice. Let us all rejoice in the Lord, celebrating a festival in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And justly, for... If we love our mother, we ought to congratulate ourselves more upon her glory than on our own private consolation. What son does not rejoice, though on account of it, he has to be separated from his mother if he knows that she is going to take possession of a kingdom? Mary, on this day, is crowned queen of heaven. And shall we not keep a festival and rejoice if we truly love her? Let us rejoice then, let us all rejoice, and that we may rejoice and be consoled the more by her exaltation. Let us consider first how glorious was the triumph of Mary when she ascended into heaven. And secondly, how glorious was the throne to which she was there exalted. First point. After Jesus Christ, our Savior, had completed by his death the work of redemption, the angels ardently desired to possess him in their heavenly country. Hence, they were continually supplicating him in the words of David, Arise, O Lord, into thy resting place. Thou and the ark which thou hast sanctified, come, O Lord, come quickly. Now that thou hast redeemed men, come to thy kingdom and dwell with us, and bring with thee the living ark of thy sanctification. 
thy mother, who was the ark which thou didst sanctify by dwelling in her womb. Precisely thus does St. Bernadine make the angels say, Let thy most holy mother Mary, sanctified by thy conception, also ascend. Our Lord was, therefore, at length pleased to satisfy the desire of these heavenly citizens by calling Mary to paradise. But if it was his will that the ark of the old dispensation should be brought with great pomp into the city of David, and David and all the house of Israel brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord with joyful shouting and with sound of trumpet, with how much greater and more glorious pomp did he ordain that his mother should enter heaven. The prophet Elias was carried to heaven in a fiery chariot, which according to interpreters was no other than a group of angels who bore him off from the earth. But to conduct thee to heaven, O mother of God, says the abbot Rupert, a fiery chariot was not enough. The whole court of heaven, headed by its king, thy son, went forth to meet and accompany thee. St. Bernardine of Siena is of the same opinion. He says that Jesus, to honor the triumph of his most sweet mother, went forth in his glory to meet and accompany her. St. Anselm also says that it was precisely for this purpose that the Redeemer was pleased to ascend to heaven before his mother. That is, he did so not only to prepare a throne for her in that kingdom, but also that he might himself accompany her with the blessed spirits and thus render her entry into heaven more glorious and such as became one who was his mother. Hence, St. Peter Damien, contemplating the splendor of this assumption of Mary into heaven, says that we shall find it more glorious than the ascension of Jesus Christ. For to meet the Redeemer, angels only went forth. But when the Blessed Virgin was assumed to glory, she was met and accompanied by the Lord himself of glory and by the whole blessed company of saints and angels. For this reason, the Abbot Guaric supposes the divine word thus speaking, to honor the Father, I descended from heaven, to honor my mother, I reascended there that thus I might be enabled to go forth to meet her and myself accompany her to paradise. Let us now consider how our Savior went forth from heaven to meet his mother. On first meeting her and to console her, he said, Arise, make haste, my love, my dove, my beautiful one, and come, for winter is now past and gone. Come, my own dear mother, my pure and beautiful dove, leave that valley of tears in which for my love thou hast suffered so much. Come from Lebanus, my spouse. Come from Lebanus, come, thou shalt be crowned. Come in soul and body to enjoy the recompense of thy holy life. If thy sufferings have been great on earth, far greater is the glory which I have prepared for thee in heaven. Enter then that kingdom and take thy seat near me. Come to receive that crown which I will bestow upon thee as queen of the universe. Behold, Mary already leaves the earth, at which she looks with affection and compassion. With affection, remembering the many graces she had there received from her Lord, and with affection and compassion, because in it she leaves so many poor children surrounded with miseries and dangers. But see, Jesus offers her his ham, and the Blessed Mother already ascends. Already she has passed beyond the clouds, beyond the spheres. Behold her already at the gates of heaven. When monarchs make their solemn entry into their kingdoms, they do not pass through the gates of the capital, for they are removed to make way for them on this occasion. Hence, when Jesus Christ entered paradise, the angels cried out, Lift up your gates, O ye princes, and be ye lifted up, O eternal gates, and the King of glory shall enter in. Thus also, now that Mary goes to take possession of the kingdom of heaven, the angels who accompany her cry out to those within, Lift up your gates, O ye princes, and be ye lifted up, O eternal gates, and the Queen of glory shall enter in. Behold, Mary already enters that blessed country. But on her entrance, the celestial spirits, seeing her so beautiful and glorious, 
Ask the angels without, his origin supposes it, with united voices of exaltation. Who is this that cometh up from the desert, flowing with delights, leaning upon her beloved? And who can this creature so beautiful be that comes from the desert of the earth, a place of thorns and tribulation? But this one comes pure and rich in virtue, leaning on her beloved Lord, who is graciously pleased himself to accompany her with so great honor. Who is she? The angels accompanying her answer. She is the mother of our king. She is our queen and the blessed one among women, full of grace, the saint of saints, the beloved of God, the immaculate one, the dove, the fairest of all creatures. Then all the blessed spirits begin to bless and praise her, singing with far more reason than the Hebrews did to Judith. Thou art the glory of Jerusalem. Thou art the joy of Israel. Thou art the honor of our people. Ah, our lady and our queen, thou then art the glory of paradise, the joy of our country. Thou art the honor of us all. Be thou ever welcome. Be thou ever blessed. Behold thy kingdom. Behold us also who are thy servants, ever ready to obey thy commands. All the saints who were in paradise then came to welcome her and salute her as their queen. All the holy virgins came. The daughters saw her and declared her most blessed and they praised her. We, they said, O most blessed lady, are also queens in this kingdom, but thou art our queen. For thou wast the first to give us the great example of consecrating our virginity to God. We all bless and thank thee for it. Then came the holy confessors to salute her as their mistress, who by her holy life had taught them so many beautiful virtues. The holy martyrs also came to salute her as their queen. For she, by her great constancy and the sorrows of her son's passion, had taught them and also by her merits had obtained them strength to lay down their lives for the faith. St. James, the only one of the apostles who is yet in heaven, also came to thank her in the name of all the other apostles for all the comfort and help she had afforded them while she was on earth. The prophets next came to salute her and said, Ah, lady, thou wast the one foreshadowed in our prophecies. The holy patriarchs then came and said, O Mary, it is thou who wast our hope. For thee, it was that we sighed with such ardor and for so long a time. But amongst these latter came our first parents, Adam and Eve, to thank her with still greater affection. Ah, beloved daughter, they said, thou hast repaired the injury which we inflicted on the human race. Thou hast obtained for the world that blessing which we lost by our crime. By thee we are saved, and for it be ever blessed. St. Simeon then came to kiss her feet, and with joy reminded her of the day when he received the infant Jesus from her hands. St. Zachary and St. Elizabeth also came, and again thanked her for that loving visit which, with such great humility and charity, she had paid them in their dwelling, and by which they had received such treasures of grace. St. John the Baptist came with still greater affection to thank her for having sanctified him by her voice. But how must her holy parents, St. Joachim and St. Anne, have spoken when they came to salute her? O God, with what tenderness must they have blessed her, saying, Ah, beloved daughter, what a favor it was for us to have such a child. Be thou now our queen, for thou art the mother of our God, and as such we salute and adore thee. But who can ever form an idea of the affection with which her joy or excuse me, with which her dear spouse, St. Joseph, came to salute her. Who can ever describe the joy which the holy patriarch felt at seeing his spouse so triumphantly enter heaven and made queen of paradise? With what tenderness must he have addressed her? Ah, my lady and spouse, how can I ever thank our God as I ought for having made me thy spouse, thou who art his true mother? Through thee I merited to assist on earth the childhood of the eternal word 
to carry him so often in my arms and to receive so many special graces. Ever blessed be those moments which I spent in life in serving Jesus in thee, my holy spouse. Behold our Jesus. Let us rejoice that now he no longer lies on straw in a manger. As we saw him at his birth in Bethlehem, he no longer lives poor and despised in a shop as he once lived with us in Nazareth. He is no longer nailed to an infamous gibbet as when he died in Jerusalem for the salvation of the world, but he is seated at the right hand of his father as king and Lord of heaven and earth. And now, O my queen, we shall never more be separated from his feet. We shall there bless him and love him for all eternity. All the angels then came to salute her and she, the great queen, thanked all for their assistance they had given her on earth. And more especially, she thanked the archangel Gabriel, who is the happy ambassador, the bearer of all her glories, when he came to announce to her that she was the chosen mother of God. The humble and holy virgin, then kneeling, adored the divine majesty, and all absorbed in the consciousness of her own nothingness, thanked him for all the graces bestowed upon her by his pure goodness, and especially for having made her the mother of the eternal word. And then, let him who can comprehend with what love the most holy trinity blessed her. Let him comprehend the welcome given to his daughter by the eternal father, to his mother by the son, to his spouse by the Holy Ghost. The father crowned her by imparting his power to her, the son, his wisdom, the Holy Ghost, his love, and the three divine persons placing her throne at the right of that of Jesus, declared her sovereign of heaven and earth and commanded the angels and all creatures to acknowledge her as their queen and as such to serve and obey her. Let us now consider how exalted was the throne to which Mary was raised in heaven. And that will be for the second point, which we will enter into tomorrow. Once again, just to reiterate, I'm not a theologian. Don't have any advanced degrees in theology. I don't have any degrees in theology whatsoever. But I do my best, aided by the Lord's grace. I read the Baltimore Catechism, Catechism of the Council of Trent, um, the Douay-Rheims version of the Bible. Do my best with listening to hopefully good podcasts, people like uh, Father Dave Nix and the Society of St. Pius X podcast to try to learn the faith to glorify Jesus. I do know this, though. The Blessed Mother is the Lord's masterpiece, and Jesus being the best son there could possibly be, being the perfect son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, wants his mother exalted, wants all of us to make a really big deal about the Blessed Mother because he loves her so much and sees what a great example, the prime example of how we are to live our lives in complete humility and obedience to the Lord, willing only what he wills, desiring only what the King of Heaven desires. So she's our model for that, especially for women. Men, of course, I, it's wonderful over the last couple of years by the work of Great priests like Father Calloway, um, men are developing a, a devotion to St. Joseph. So we men need to behave like St. Joseph. We need to be true gentlemen. We need to be masculine. We need to be virtuous. Women, if you're looking for true femininity, true femininity excuse me, look no further than Our Lady for the number one A++++ example of how to be a good wife, a good mother, a good nun, whatever your state is in life. Let's make a big deal about Our Lady. 
because she is the Lord's masterpiece and Jesus wants us to love her more. And whatever the king wants, the king should get. And if he wants us to love Our Lady more, then that's what we're going to do. Oremos, prayer for the hastening of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary by Bishop Schneider. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Holy Mother of God and our tender mother, look upon the distress in which the whole of mankind is living due to the spread of materialism, godlessness, and the persecution of the Catholic faith. In our own day, the mystical body of Christ is bleeding from so many wounds caused within the church by the unpunished spread of heresies, the justification of sins against the sixth commandment, the seeking of the kingdom of earth rather than that of heaven, the horrendous sacrileges against the most holy Eucharist, especially through the practice of communion in the hand, and the Protestant shaping of the celebration of the Holy Mass. Amidst these trials appeared the light of the consecration of Russia to thine immaculate heart by the Pope, in union with the world's bishops. In Fatima, thou didst request the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays of the month. Implore thy divine Son to grant a special grace to the Pope that he might approve the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. May Almighty God hasten the time when Russia will convert to Catholic unity. Mankind will be given a time of peace, and the Church will be granted an authentic renewal in the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of divine worship, and the holiness of Christian life. O Mediatrix of all graces, O Queen of the Most Holy Rosary and our sweet Mother, turn thine eyes of mercy towards us and graciously hear this, our trusting prayer. Amen. Prayer of praise and thanksgiving. All loving God, I praise, glorify, and bless you for all the graces and privileges you have bestowed upon your messenger and servant, St. Raphael. By the merits of your angels, grant me your grace, and through the intercession of your archangel, Raphael, help me in all my needs. At the hour of my death, be with me until that time when I can join the angels and saints in heaven to praise you forever and ever. Amen. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness hear and answer me. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Osef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. Sancta Raphael, archangeli, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 292 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most especially, pray for the eternal salvation of the world's Catholic bishops. Goodbye and God love you.